Hi, this is Pastor Emily McGinley from Urban Village Church, Hyde Park, Woodlawn. If you've been to UVC, you'll know that we seek to be three things, bold, inclusive, and relevant. We know that there are countless folks across the country and out there in podcast land like yourself, seeking a message that will bring insight, hope, encouragement, and joy as we do this thing called faith. Please consider making a financial gift to help us with this work of inspiring, equipping, and sending out agents of gospel life and inclusive love. Just go to www.urbanvillagechurch.org forward slash give. Thanks for listening, and God bless. Our passage for today comes from Matthew 13, verse 1 through 9, 18 through 23. Listen for what God is saying. That day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down beside the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he climbed into a boat and sat down. The whole crowd was standing on the shore. He said many things to them in parables. A farmer went out to scatter scatter seeds. As he was scattering seeds, some fell on the path and birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where the soil was shallow. They sprouted immediately because the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it scorched the plants, and they dried up, because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorny plants. The thorny plants grew up and choked them. Other seed fell on good soil and bore fruit. In in one case, a yield of 100 100 to 1. In another case, a yield of 60 to 1. In another case, a yield of 30 to 1. Everyone who has ears should pay attention. Consider then the parable of the farmer. Whenever people hear the word about the kingdom and don't understand it, the evil one comes and carries off what was planted in their hearts. This is a seed that was sown on the path. As for the seed that was spread on rocky ground, this refers to people who hear the word and immediately receive it joyfully. Because they have no roots, they last only for a little while. When they experience distress or abuse because of the word, they immediately fall away. As for the seed that was spread among the orny plants, this refers to those who hear the word, but the worries of this life, the false appearance of wealth, choke the word, and it bears no fruit. As for what was planted on good soil, this refers to those who hear and understand and bear fruit and produce. In one case, a yield of 100 to 1, in another case, a yield of 60 to 1, and in another case, a yield of 30 to 1. May God add a blessing to the hearing and living out of this scripture. Good morning, Urban Village Church. My name is Emily McGinley, and I have the great joy of serving as the pastor here at UBC Hyde Park Woodlawn um, in uh, partnership um, and alongside so many folks that you see up front um, and many people that you don't, but who help us do what we do and be who we are. Uh, My pronouns, I forgot to mention, are she and her. And thank you, Drew, for your testimony. It also uh, is an opportunity for me to amend the testimony guidelines uh, to include do not solicit uh, for uh, dates, but uh, you get a pass on this one. So, um, (laughs) but you know, we're family. So um, why don't we come together uh, with a a word of prayer to center our hearts and minds as we begin, um, as we lean in a little closer to what God is saying to us today. God, we thank you for the gift to come together to enjoy community um, as a multi-generational church, to enjoy the sounds 
um, of those who are youngest among us um, and to sit together um, with those who share life experiences that are similar to ours, but also those who live very different um, lives. And we thank you for that. That is a, a reflection of the beauty of your kingdom. And so as we gather here today um, with a common desire to hear you, we ask that you would, in fact, um, clear away those things that um, distract us and keep us from leaning into what it is that your spirit would say to us so that we can um, really here to be challenged, to be encouraged, to be comforted, to be um, uh, inspired for your purposes in this world. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. When I talk with folks um, about having planted a church, it's not uncommon for someone at some point to ask the question, how did you get the people? Where did they come from? And my answer, I know, is a little unsatisfying to them, maybe even a little bit unsettling. How did I get the people? Well, I went everywhere and did everything. <laughs> uh, where did they come from? Everywhere and anywhere, right? Uh, in many ways, the first year of planting, I feel like it wasn't all that different from the first year of parenting, although I did get slightly better sleep with church planting, but only slightly. It wasn't that, uh, that different in the sense that everything is a total blur and flurry of activity. The learning curve is steep and unending, and the response is not always what you would expect or hope. Uh, we did food demos and cookie de uh, decorating at the 61st Street Farmers Market. We had a meetup small group, remember meetups? Uh, and pre-Christmas Eve services at Robust Coffee Shop. We offered art making at neighborhood festivals, yoga here at CTS, a pray and play workshop at McCormick Seminary, sidewalk chalking and flying the heck out of the neighborhood, orphan Thanksgivings, and even I tried a wash party at Kimbark Laundry, RIP. The efforts were as varied as I could imagine and as constant as my energy allowed. When you're starting something new and trying to get the word out, you just throw about everything against the wall and see what sticks and what doesn't, and then you keep on throwing. Um, and so it's sort of strange to me that it wasn't until this week that I looked at our passage for today and saw it in a new way. I'd always read this passage as being about the soil. Don't be like the rocky soil. Make sure you are good soil, was the general message that I heard. And I don't think that this is the wrong interpretation. As I've said before, uh, parables by design are supposed to have multiple interpretations. But for some reason, it finally hit me that this is actually most commonly called the parable of the sower. And for me, that was a light bulb moment, right? If, if this is about the sower, I thought, then what does that mean? And I felt a little convicted in that moment because honestly, the older I get, the more I'm channeling Auntie Maxine, right? More and more, I feel like I need to reclaim what little time it feels like I have. And from that perspective, I'm inclined to think that someone should fire that sower, right? I mean, this dude is not paying attention to where they're throwing the seed. And frankly, it seems like a real waste of time and resources, right? Even when I read that farmers back in the day when Jesus was hanging out, how they didn't till the soil before planting, but instead would spread the seed and then till the soil, I'm like, yeah, but they don't do that anymore for a reason, right? Someone somewhere figured out along the way that this is an ineffective way to plant. So I had a bit of internal pushback about the sower, which is a pretty good indicator that I should, in fact, probably lean in a little bit closer. Because, of course, Jesus is this foolish, wasteful sower. Jesus is out there speaking a word and teaching a lesson wherever he goes with whoever he happens to meet. 
Like the prodigal father who lavishes everything on his rebellious son, Jesus is the prodigal sower, lavishing seeds on whatever soil he happens to come across. And so once this all kind of clicked for me, I was reminded of all that flurry of activity of that first year of planting. I was reminded how, amidst the hundreds of flyers that were posted, it was Brandon Bird who saw one, think, and thinking it was a parking warning, came down to find out um, that, in fact, it was an advertisement for a new inclusive church. How, with the help of our meetup group and Joel Osteen, actually, it was Lena and D'Angelo who found their way to Robust Coffee Shop for our small group. How for all of the seeds I had scattered throughout the neighborhood, there was more than a few that took root and found home in our new soil. So maybe Jesus was on to something after all. Perhaps then what Jesus is saying in the balance of it all is that when it comes to following him, you will rack up more L's than W's. You will be rejected more often than accepted, and you will have more disappointments than achievements. This is just a fact of discipleship, whether that discipleship looks like posting flyers uh, throughout the neighborhoods or trying to smash the patriarchy or queering the church or simply scraping your way through a crushing depression to make it to the end of the day. Perhaps even winning or losing is not so much the point as the faithful journey, one foot placed in front of the other, a handful of seeds constantly being tossed out extravagantly and indiscriminately, hoping trusting, believing that at least one of them, one of them will crack open and yield new life. It looks like a lot of things. And here is one example. About 13 years ago, He Su Jung was the bishop of the Northern Illinois Conference of the United Methodist Church, and he had a vision. He had a bee in his bonnet to plant 100 new churches in the area. And being a bishop, he could raise a million dollars and hire staff to design a program that would promote the idea of starting something new in the conference. He distributed the seeds of this idea, calling forth and cultivating church planters from across the conference. Dozens of faithful ministers then responded to that call. Two of those faithful were a couple of friends named Trey and Christian. Years before, they had met in a clergy group and had become good friends. They supported one another in the joys and challenges of ministry. They prayed and they studied together. One of the seeds that Bishop Jung had scattered lodged itself in their imaginations. They wondered together, what would it look like to start a new church? And not just any church, but one that was unapologetically inclusive, justice-minded, gospel-centered. They continued to study and pray together, and that seed took root they had key conversations with potential funders and leadership in the conference, and when the time was right, they moved forward with this idea. The seed unfurled. A plant emerged in the South Loop. More seeds were scattered through, across the city, and three more plants emerged. Wicker Park, and then Andersonville, and then here um, uh, at Hyde Park Woodlawn. Four churches emerging from the hundreds, perhaps thousands of seeds that were scattered as a result of our efforts at Urban Village. And it would be easy to focus on the hard-fought successes of Urban Village, to highlight uh, the other church planners um, that we've inspired over the years who are now out scattering seeds in their own right, out in Milwaukee, Minneapolis, Detroit, New York, D.C. But there are a lot of seeds from that initial uh, tossing uh, that didn't make it. Of the $100 million or sorry, of the $1 million uh, that Bishop Jung raised, of the 100 churches that he envisioned, how many would you guess are open and thriving today? 
30, 15, 2, 1. 1. Just us. There were dozens of new faith communities that were pursued and explored, even more faithful leaders and ministers who risked themselves to try something new. But only one made it so far. And it would be tempting to believe that we are exceptional, right? And we are in a way. But as I've come to tell my daughter over and over, you are special, but you are not more special than anyone else. We are special, but we are not more special than any of the other faithful leaders who took a risk to respond to Bishop Jung. I could talk about how rich it is that the one church which took off was probably the one church the the UMC would have least preferred to survive. (laughs) Because, of course, now we are a strange sort of problem, right? With our unapologetic stance on LGBTQ inclusion, the dozens of queer young people who have been infirmed in their call to ministry and inspired to enter the ordination process. But I won't be petty. At least too petty, right? God's still working on me. (laughs) There are surely a myriad of reasons why those seeds that Bishop Jung tossed out um, failed to take root, which brings me to another part of this story and the other element that's required for seed planting, soil. While our passage today is most often called the parable of the sower, I did actually find that there are two more titles that that show up for this passage, one of which is the parable of the soils. Now, I'm not going to go too far into the different types of soils, although I like the way that the message translation puts it. The seed cast in the gravel, this is the person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm, but there is no soil of character. And so when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arrives, there is nothing to show for it. The seed cast in the weeds is the person who hears the kingdom news, but weeds of worry and illusions about getting more and wanting everything under the sun strangle what was heard and nothing comes of it. The seed cast on good earth is the person who hears and takes in the news and then produces a harvest beyond their wildest dreams. A harvest beyond their wildest dreams. I love how they put that. How do you produce a harvest beyond your wildest dreams? Our passage says it takes good earth, good soil. But what makes for good soil? I'm sure that some of you know where I'm going with this. Poop. Good soil requires poop. And that's because poop is full of all kinds of nutrients which make the soil rich. Not only that, poop also helps to condition the soil, which is another way to say is that it changes the quality of the soil. In sandy soil, it helps to retain moisture. In tightly packed soil, poop helps to loosen it up. Long story short, poop isn't just important, it's necessary. Too little and the soil becomes stripped, but too much and the soil is contaminated. Poop also releases nitrogen into the soil, which is key for the process of photosynthesis. And this is important to understand because poop, and let's think about how many times I get to say this word in this sermon, but poop in and of itself is not actually enough because poop and the nutrients it offers requires photosynthesis in order for it to be useful for a plant. And photosynthesis, if your early days of biology are a little hard to recall, photosynthesis is the process by which sunshine enables the digestion of nutrients in plants. Photosynthesis is that divine process in which sunshine and poop come together for a deeper, richer, more nutritious soil, perhaps even a more nutritious soul. This is important to understand because if you're like me, 
If you're like me, you'd rather have a life that never had any troubles and always offered smooth sailing and paid bills. Amen? But if we dig into our passage today, pun intended, we can't get around the fact that poop is necessary if we are about the business of working in God's garden, of planting seeds, cultivating new life, and harvesting crops for the nourishment of the world. And so I ask you, how are you cultivating good soil in your life? How are you taking the poop of this world and photosynthesizing it spiritually through your exposure to sunshine, S-O-N, shine, (laughs) so that the seeds which God is scattering on you might take root and grow for the nourishment of your soul, for the richness of our community? How? Well, UBC, we've had our fair share of poop. In fact, if you've been part of a membership conversation here at High Park Woodlawn, you might have heard me tell the story um, of how we started with a good amount of poop in our soil. Uh, many of you know that I started with a partner, Benjamin, when I first started planting this site. And about uh, after about seven months of working together, three weeks before we launched our first worshiping services, um, uh, he resigned. Uh, and believe you me, it was a poopy time uh, for me. And I tell this story not to rack up sympathy points, although I'll take all that I can get, right? Um, But really more to remind this community that we have been through some poop, right? And that in many ways, it was actually too much. We shouldn't exist today. And if it was just us, we probably would not have survived. But we had access to three whole other plots of soil in the form of our three other communities, They took this poop and they folded it into the bigger plot of soil that made up UBC. And we had folks from other sites showing up on the regular to serve as greeters, on the worship team, to flyer the neighborhood with us. They showed up for us and with us. And what resulted was a much richer seedbed for our whole church, our whole church, to grow with greater vibrancy. Now, as we look to this next chapter of our life together, as we consider this new staffing structure and the new pastor that will um, have primary shepherding care of this site, and really a new way of being church, um, as Octavia mentioned, um, it would be easy and understandable to feel a little anxious, maybe a little overwhelmed, and maybe even a little bit sad, a little poopy, right? Um, I have all of those feelings in rotation, uh, believe you me. But this is also an opportunity to recall our history as a church, that is rooted in rich soil, and to take this as yet another opportunity to enrich our soil today, to understand this as a time of readying the plot so that something new could grow. And one of the ways that we are trying to do this is to pull together a team or a task force of culture keepers to help us stay on track with cultivating the kind of crops that we have felt called to harvest. Octavia talked about this. Last week, many of us stayed after worship to explore and articulate what those crops were. Some of these include maintaining our consciousness of social structures, segregation and lack of exposure to one another, continuing to grow and integrating and including kids, celebrating their spirituality and their gifts, contextual preaching that is rooted in the realities of our community, continuing to intentionally include queer people of color and diverse leadership up front, continued and increased commitment to two-way communication that is clear and consistent, and maintaining a warm, playful, vulnerable environment that is centered in community, not egos. It is a new planting season at UBC. There is more that God is calling forth for us for the sake of this city and the church at large. I believe, I believe that there is a reason 
why we were the one in 100. And we've only just begun to discover what that is. And this brings me to the third title that I've seen this passage given, A Harvest Story. Friends, for all of the seeds that never took root and for all of the poop we've had to shovel, ours is a harvest story featuring faithful sowers of all kinds and some good, rich soil. We've already been through a few harvest seasons, and maybe we've had more L's and W's, right? But we have produced some very good and very rich crops in our short time. As you know, we are in a season of making a financial promise to this community, and as you think about what your financial commitment to UVC will be this next year, remember all that we've been through and all that we've done. But also know that there is more to come, that the past is only an indicator of what God has yet to do through us. We're in late autumn, headed toward winter, which might seem like the work is done, right? And in a way it is, but this is the time actually when soil enrichment happens. This is the time when the nutrients burrow through the soil, readying it um, for planting in the spring and then another harvest in the fall. I'm not only asking you to join me in doing this, but also to join God, to do that inward work as a community over these next months, digging deeper, tilling the soil, metabolizing, photosynthesizing, um, all the things that help us stay strong and uh, nutrient-rich. Perhaps it's uh, by joining um, the culture-keeping um, task force and talking to Octavia about that, or maybe uh, joining the care team and thinking about how you can be part of that network that keeps people from slipping through the cracks in this community, or simply a renewed commitment overall to helping us carry forward the good work that God has already done on our little plot of land. That we might do the soil work and the soul work, which leads to a harvest beyond our wildest dreams. As we close in prayer, um, I'm offering a blessing that uh, Pastor Chan actually used to pray when he visited his members and fields. Uh, pastor Chan is the pastor at um, our South Loop location, and then we'll split time with our Edgewater location. Um, he was a pastor out in uh, Chena, Illinois, uh, which is a teeny tiny town in rural Illinois uh, that is marked by lots of agriculture. And so he would say a blessing um, whenever he visited his members' homes and, and particularly their fields where they planted seeds. It's uh, the farmer's prayer. And so um, please join me in prayer. Lord, bless the land that you have given us. And may we always know that as we tend each crop and creature, you are the one who helps them grow. Grant us strength and wisdom. Please protect us from harm. And thank you for your gracious gifts. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.